Deshaun Watson on Friday learned that he would not be indicted on felony or misdemeanor charges for nine criminal complaints that were presented to a grand jury. That was, from Watson's perspective, the first piece of tangible news regarding his legal entanglement that first arose 52 weeks ago tomorrow when he was sued for the first time. It became 22 civil lawsuits, but he was not indicted. The criminal side is over, and that has opened the door to teams becoming interested in potentially trading for him. The graphic you just saw on the screen, though, I think is very important because he testifies tomorrow in the civil cases. If I'm a team that is doing my due diligence on Deshaun Watson, and I know he's testifying on Tuesday, and he's going to be grilled, he's going to be pressed, he's going to be interrogated like he's never been interrogated before in his life about why he was doing what he was doing with the people that he was finding on Instagram to give him massage sessions. And his lawyer has previously said that some of those encounters became sexual in nature voluntarily. And the whole gist of these lawsuits is he tried to cross the line with 22 different massage therapists. I'd want to wait and see, you know, it, it, it was amazing to me how there was this rush of reports about this team's interested, that team's interested, this team's interested, that team's interested. That's in Watson's interest, and it's in the Texans' interest to have as many teams perceived to be ready to go, Chris. Yeah. But I think the smart play is to wait. The smart play is to see how tomorrow goes. And that dovetails with what Watson reportedly wants to do. He wants to meet with these teams before he decides who he's going to waive his no-trade clause for. That's the other side of this that was lost in all these different people trying to tweet their way to more followers and more notoriety and, hey, this team's interested, that team. No, there's no pushback. Like, how does anyone ever prove that wrong? You can say anyone's interested. How, how are you ever going to prove that wrong? And it, none of it matters until we know who Watson's interested in. All 31 teams can be interested in Deshaun Watson. It doesn't matter until we know which teams he'll be willing to go to because he has the ultimate hammer of the no trade clause. Yeah, no, he's got, he does that. He's got that. So he still has power in this situation. I I think you're right. And I think teams will do that, that they're going to, you know, they're going to evaluate this and watch it a little bit, a little further down the road here before, you know, they throw assets at the Houston Texans to trade for Deshaun Watson. You're right. It could, could blow up tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow, the next day, you don't know, like you said, it's going to be, Tough questioning, one wrong statement, one bad thing, and then it can make it look horrible or make him look horrible. So you don't know what direction that goes. But, I mean, we do know there's teams that are interested. We do. And there's going to be a play. And Again, I, I, I always got the sense that there was a, a – and I think I was saying this to you at the time. There, there was a sense in the NFL that, you know, again, this was just a young kid who did – some immature, stupid things, and people are willing to just kind of swipe it under the rug, just as leave it at that and move on. Uh, I, I got that sense. I know that I told you that a few times, and of course, I think we know there's some teams that are real players in this situation. It's just going to be interesting to see, you know, how it shakes out and and how Watson's going to make his decision here, because some teams have been scratched off the board, uh, and there's not as many options, but there's still some good ones out there. And let me just address this a little more carefully and clearly because I've got experience in this arena. Now, on Friday, that was the first session for Deshaun Watson to be questioned under oath in the 22 civil lawsuits that were filed against him. And what happened was there was a skirmish in court a few weeks back 
where the judge said, okay, the grand jury is still pending. Anything he says can be used against him. So what we'll do is, for the people who have made criminal complaints, the deposition of Deshaun Watson in their cases will be delayed until April 1. For the people who have not made criminal complaints, the deposition can proceed. Well, the miscalculation there is that Deshaun Watson is going to talk about any of the stuff that he did at any of these massages while there's still a chance he could get indicted in any of the cases because anything he says can and will be used against him. So he invoked the Fifth Amendment repeatedly through three hours of questioning. I think it was three hours. It was, you know, Tony Busby, the lawyer representing the 22 individuals, just kept asking him question after question after question. He kept invoking the Fifth Amendment. Now he's not going to do that. He's going to testify on Tuesday. And Chris, I don't know anything about Tony Busby other than he's done a pretty good job of of working his cases in the media, although I don't agree with some of his methods. Yeah. He's managed to get maximum publicity for them and 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 uh, and taint the jury and get the court of public opinion on his side. But bottom line is the guy's been successful and he's practiced law for between 25 and 30 years. And when you do that. During the process of practicing law for that long, you question thousands of people under oath in all sorts of contexts. And the deposition is the most common. You're in a conference room. There's no judge there. There's no jury there. It's just you, the witness, the lawyer who represents the other side, and the court reporter. And typically that's it. And there may be some legal assistance and whatnot and other lawyers there, depending upon how big the case is. But it's a very small group. And for the guy who's sitting in the witness chair, it's the first time he's ever done it. Now, at least Deshaun Watson got a little preview on Friday, but he didn't have to answer any questions. And I'm telling you, I've been there on the other side of the table. You get a guy who's in his mid-20s. You get a guy who's never done this before. You get a guy who's got some awkward and uncomfortable things to talk about. It's going to be a long day for Deshaun Watson. Sure. It's going to be a long day for Deshaun Watson because that lawyer is going to know how to come at him from every possible angle every possible way to press his buttons and to get him to snap, to get him pissed off, to get him upset, to get him disarmed. That's what you do. And this is a lot like the the combine interview process we hear about. What the coaches and the scouts try to do is bust through the preparation. Yeah. Because we know all those guys show up with with coaching from their agents on what to say, what not to say, and how to say it. And I know that every witness, especially a defendant, the one who is facing the allegations in a civil case, that person has been prepared on how to deal with this lawyer. And I don't know how much time Rusty Harden and company have spent doing this. If they've done mock practice sessions uh, with questions and et cetera, they should. They should to help get him ready, to help get him to understand how to deal with the stress and everything that's going to be going on inside of his brain and his stomach and as he's getting grilled and grilled and grilled. But Busby's going to try to bust through that preparation. That's what he's going to try to do. And it's not, it, is, it is going to be a long day. And my point is it can go off the rails for Deshaun Watson. And if I'm a team that's interested, yeah. I want to wait and see how it yeah. goes on Tuesday. Yeah, no doubt. That's reason number one. I mean, I think you explained that pretty clearly. Yeah, you, you want to make sure he doesn't get frustrated or, or flustered and say something crazy and everything gets flipped upside down and then it becomes like, oh, no, he said that. We can't trade him. Or, whoa, he did do, you know, maybe more than we thought here. 
Uh, yeah, it's not a good bad look. It's going to be a controversial trade no matter what. No matter what, let alone if he says something bad or does something wrong here and makes a, the wrong step, it's just going to become that much more controversial. So, yeah, he's got a market. We know that. That's Deshaun Watson. Didn't even mention him, actually, when we talked about Kirk Cousins before. Got to put him in there. Knock Kirk Cousins down one more notch there. But, you know, realistically, like what teams do you think we think are really looking at him right now? I know the Saints and Panthers. We know that's been really linked. I know you and I, you know, and, and you've known for a long time, Carolina's been serious about Deshaun Watson, right? They wanted him last year. Right, they tried to say after they didn't get him, they didn't want him. Nice try. Sure, Jan. They wanted him, and they were willing to take him with the criminal cases unresolved, the civil cases unresolved. It was 80-20 as the trade deadline approached last year between Miami and Carolina because he wanted to go to Miami. At the end of the day, he wouldn't waive his no-trade clause for the Panthers, or he would be a Panther right now. Right. He wouldn't waive his no-trade clause last year. Now the Panthers and the Saints are, are the two teams that have made offers to the Texans. They don't matter if Watson won't waive his no-trade clause. Right. The Panthers have always been part of this. Yes. The Saints are a new arrival. Yes. And I can tell you, if Sean Payton was still the head coach, they wouldn't be. Sean Payton, not a Deshaun Watson believer, could have drafted him. The year that they were watching and monitoring Patrick Mahomes dropping and dropping and dropping, and here comes Drew Brees into the into the draft room, and somebody's got to go tell Drew, you know, there's a chance you're here with your friends. There's a chance we're going to draft a quarterback here with the 11th pick. Okay, fine. Thanks for telling me. They don't get Mahomes. They could have had Watson. They didn't take Watson. Peyton wasn't a Watson guy. Now they're interested in Watson. And the owner reportedly has signed off on Watson becoming a saint. It comes down to whether or not Watson wants to do it. I don't know. Chris, hey, with Brady back with the Buccaneers, do I want to go to the NFC South with the Panthers and the Saints right now? I'm not so sure I do. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough sledding. You know that. You do, but you know you're still going to want to put your NFC is not bad in general. I think when you just match it up with the AFC, it's still the better choice. You know, I'd take my. I go to the Eagles. Eagles. You know, that, so that's Eagles, where I was going to go Eagles next. So you got Pan. Let's 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 hit on the teams that like legitimately need quarterbacks right now: Panthers, Lions, Seahawks, Saints, Eagles. Lions aren't doing it. Lions aren't doing right? anything. They're Lions not going to do anything Jared Goff with big guaranteed yep. money this year. I don't They're think the Seahawks it. are going to do anything either. I don't think you just traded away and got all these assets for Russell Wilson to put yourself. Let's go throw a bunch of assets at a quarterback and Watson and still not build our team. I don't think the Seahawks hey. should be there. Why do I want to go there if I'm Watson? Exactly. It's the 2020 Texans all over again. Exactly. I got right. nothing. Right, right. All so right. Okay, so we hit Panthers, we hit Saints, we hit Eagles. The Steelers, we know, need a quarterback, but they're, they've already said negative Ghost Rider. The Colts need a quarterback. I have a hard time thinking the Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson to their division rival, right? And then comes the team that we heard about this weekend for the first time that made me perk up. The Cleveland Browns, what? They're interested in Deshaun Watson? Huh? Huh? That would be some move there. And that tells me that negotiations with Baker Mayfield probably aren't getting anywhere close to being done or anything like that, or they're still skeptical, certainly. But I think those are the options that I look at, at least that are are viable right now, that makes sense to where at least he would think about it, too. Browns, Panthers, Saints, Eagles. Uh, I think we maybe narrowed it down to those four, really. And if you're the Texans... Now, I don't know whether or not Deshaun Watson's going to want to go to the Browns. See, Deshaun, I think it, it, the goal right now, and this is the one area where the Texans and Deshaun Watson have aligned interests, the goal is to get 
the most possible teams out there as interested because that also will make other teams that may be reluctant, given the off-field situation, to go ahead and throw their hat into the ring. Yeah, you know, we weren't going to do this, but everybody else is, so we will too. Because you never know which team is the one that's going to make Watson say, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to go. You know, it's one thing for Art Rooney II, who I believe is the one that told Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette last week that they weren't interested, prompting the all-caps are not interested. Well, if you see everybody else is interested, if you start catching wind that the Browns are interested, right? If if it's one thing to to say, man, you know, nobody really wants this guy right now. He's going to go to the NFC. If all of a sudden he's going to the Browns, if yeah, he doesn't right. come to you, right? Maybe 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 it goes from all caps to lowercase before it just the knot disappears and it becomes Steelers are interested in Deshaun Watson. So, uh, you know, the fact that no name was announced or attached, excuse me, to that report, the Steelers can still. They can yeah, still wiggle their way get in back in it if they want. I know our guy Sean King has been banging that drum heavily that the Steelers are going to want Deshaun Watson. And it could be that you've got Mike Tomlin fueled by Brian Flores yeah, and Flores to Watson pushing and pushing and pushing for this. And now you throw on top of it the possibility is going to be in Cleveland. That's all the more reason for Mike Tomlin to be getting Art Rooney the second on line one and saying – we, we, we can't afford to not do this. Mason Rudolph is our current starting quarterback, Art. We've got to do this. Yeah. They're going to get – I said two years ago, when Ben Roethlisberger retires, they're going to get left in the dirt in the AFC North if they don't have a good quarterback plan. And they're getting left in the dirt right now with Mason Rudolph. You swap out Baker Mayfield for Deshaun Watson. It's see you later, Pittsburgh Steelers. Enjoy your six Super Bowl trophies because you ain't getting another one anytime soon. Yeah, it's going to be trouble. It's definitely the type of move and the type of player that will make a team reconsider. I don't disagree with you there. Uh, if they got wind of that, yeah, maybe they would reconsider, definitely. It would be a lot to deal with in Pittsburgh, too. Uh, I, I think there, there's the, you know, hey, Deshaun Watson, like we talked about, controversial. Brian Flores kind of controversial right now. You know, even though we know Flores is a big fan of of Deshaun Watson, uh, but you know, I'm I hear you. He's a game changer. When he's healthy, he's definitely one of the five best quarterbacks in football. Like we've discussed many times, he's still got a lot of years in front of him. I mean, one, he's you know athletic, young, all of that. But two, he can play within the pocket. See, that's where Deshaun Watson, you know, he's special in the pocket. Uh, this is a special football player. It's a, it's the rare blend of like kind of what you were talking about with like the thing Kirk Cousins doesn't have. Deshaun Watson can run the play exactly the way the coach tells him to, and then when things aren't there, Deshaun Watson can go, okay, it's time to make magic. And that's just a rare breed in the NFL, that guy. That really is, and that's where Watson is special, and that's where he's got – 10 years left in his career because he's a guy too you know when he can't run or make plays with his legs he's a good decision maker he's a really high quality thrower of the football so he's not going to go anywhere once he can't run either he's still going to be able to play and dice defenses up and that's the value in him Um, but I don't think the Steelers are happy I think we named the the four I'm going to stay with those four Panthers Saints Eagles Browns I think it's one of those four, and I'm with you. I think the Eagles are the ones that I think are going to be lying in the weeds here and make a make an aggressive play. And if you made me bet as of right now, I'm going to say Watson's the quarterback of the Eagles uh, when a trade goes down. 
The Eagles were interested last year, but Watson, by all appearances, wasn't interested yeah. in them. But you look at what Nick Sirianni's done as the head coach. You look at the offensive line. You look at the defense. You look at everything else. You look at the lay land of the NFC. You look yeah. at the NFC East. Mm-hmm. It makes the most sense for Philadelphia to get Deshaun Watson. And, and the 22 cases are still there, as I said. And I think it is prudent to see how this all plays out this week with the questioning of Deshaun Watson. Uh, and Watson is going to want to meet, and he should. But what it does, you know, we thought, okay, he gets the clean bill of health Friday, at least from the criminal side of the justice system. He can be traded by Wednesday, and the Texans very much would like to do it. They create more than $24 million in cap space if they do it. But, he, hey, I doubt he's available to meet with anyone today, virtually or otherwise, because today's the day that if right. I'm Rusty Harden, I am getting him ready to testify tomorrow. He testifies tomorrow. It could extend into Wednesday. I don't know what the time limit is for this or how many other days they have blocked off. But I don't know. You know, maybe you do meetings at night or whatever. But he needs to get to the point where he's happy enough to to dump his no trade clause to go somewhere. And I agree with you. If it were me, I'd pick the Eagles right now. Now, now again, if you you want to get you want to get on zoom with someone and just get a, a feel for who they are and how it all works. But the Eagles make a lot of sense and the Browns would make some sense, yes. but not nearly as much. Right. You want to stay in the NFC. You want to get to the NFC. He's already in the AFC. You want to get to the NFC and get to a team that you think is laying the foundation and has stability in the coaching staff too. That's the other side of it. That's where Carolina, That's why I don't want Carolina, right? I don't want Carolina. I don't want Seattle for that reason. And many others, Philadelphia, you got year one in the books, and the guy took the team to the playoffs. Yeah. So right. uh, that that even makes it even more attractive. Yeah, you're right. Year one in the playoffs. You know, it, you talk to people around football. I mean, all you got to do is watch film if you're Deshaun Watson. It's a good offense. Go back through time and watch what Nick Sirianni did before he got with the Eagles. Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator there, what he was doing with the Chargers. That's a the damn good offense. It's one of my favorite in football. And then you said it. I mean, the O-line – and a tight end, you got Dallas Goddard. Damn, he's good. They got good receivers there in Philadelphia. That is the team that jumps out to me, definitely. There's no doubt. You know, Cleveland, of course, would be very interesting, too. There's just a few more moving parts, and, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield's there and all that. But that would be a game changer, no doubt, in the AFC if you added Watson to the list. But if I'm him, I'm, I'm looking at those Eagles seriously, like you said. We need to take a break, but I didn't raise this question with you earlier when we were talking about the Browns. Do you think the Texans would take on Mayfield? Is it that simple? Now, obviously, the Browns would have to send more assets to Houston than Mayfield. But is that where Mayfield goes? Because over the weekend, it's like, okay, Mayfield goes to Tampa, and then the Browns make the play for Watson. Could you see Mayfield being welcomed by the Houston Texans? I, 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 I could see that. You know, I could see. That. I, I had always heard there was love for Baker Mayfield up in the New England building when Baker was coming out in the draft. You know, when, that's right. You're right. Right. Went to Texas. I mean, he's from the state of Texas. Went to Oklahoma. You know, I could see them selling that bill of goods down there. Look, we got Baker Mayfield back down, one of our own back here in town. You know, I, I certainly could see that happening. Yes.
And if that fails, what about Derek Carr for Baker Mayfield? Ooh. I hadn't thought of that because wasn't Josh McDaniels the guy that was all in on that's Baker what Mayfield? We, uh, that's what everybody heard, right? I mean, that was kind of the rumor going around. Had the, the private that workout year. with him, right? The private workout with him, right. and it's kind of like why? why? I was you shocked too. Pick, I like, remember, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember going why, right? And I kept thinking, wait, you know, New England. So you know, we've talked about it so much. One of those teams that has their measurables and what a quarterback should be, and Baker Mayfield didn't necessarily fit it to where I was always a little, you know, scratching my head about that. But yes. That was always the rumor going around that New England and, and Josh McDaniels definitely were, you know, a little bit hot and heavy for Baker Mayfield. But here's the reality. That's before he ever played in the NFL. We now have four seasons yeah. of NFL film that may change people's minds right. about Baker Mayfield. I'm not trading Derek but Carr it, for Baker Mayfield. I want Derek yeah. Carr over Baker Mayfield. And it didn't change Bruce Arians' mind about Baker Mayfield because in 2018, during Baker Mayfield's rookie season, Arians said – the only team I come out of retirement to coach is the Browns. Now, obviously, he contradicted himself. He went to the Bucks, but it was Mayfield, and that's why the Bucks were interested. It, you know, that, that whole Buccaneers interested in Mayfield kind of gave legitimacy to the idea of Mayfield potentially having a fresh start somewhere else. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. It's been crazy for the past week. It's only going to get crazier. We're going to take a break. When we return, we, we think, we know, we hope, we guess Aaron Rodgers is going to be back with the Packers. Will Devontae Adams be back? We'll give you the latest on him when PFT Live continues right after this. Devontae Adams, franchise tagged. He reportedly has told the team that he won't play under the franchise tag and that he and the Packers reportedly are far apart on a long-term deal. Well, hey, look, He's made a this lot goes of money. back to something that happened four years ago. Yeah. This goes back to something that happened four years ago. When he signed his contract, after the season was over, and before the Packers applied the franchise tag, because if they had applied it then, his threat to not play under the franchise tag would be a lot more credible now. He could do the Le'Veon Bell, sit out the whole year, and the Packers would still be looking at giving him quarterback money in 2023. So he would force his way to the open market by not playing this year if he was really serious about that. Not playing under the franchise tag this year means nothing. He'd have to sit out the year, be tagged again, sit out the year, and then he'd become an unrestricted free agent because they wouldn't tag him a third time. So... Uh, again, force the team to use the tag on you. Always force the team to use the tag on you. Who'd be in a better spot to draw that line in the sand this time around, Chris? I mean, it's twenty million plus that he's saying no to if he doesn't play under the franchise tag. Maybe he's trying to agitate for a trade. I don't know. But with Rodgers sticking around, we just assumed Adams would be there, whether it was a long-term deal or the franchise tag. Well, yes, I do. But you know, again, it, this is one where. Hey, the franchise tag is $20 million. Wow, that's expensive. We know that. But this is a franchise tag where the guy is a little bit better than the franchise tag. It, it's His his number is still going to be above that when you sign him to a long-term deal. How can it not be? I mean, he's going to look at the other receiver contracts and just go, I mean, Kenny Galladay is making $21.5 million per year on an average salary. All right, so he's going to look at that and go, well, damn, I'm getting more than that. All right. I mean, some of those guys. I mean, maybe I'm a little wrong. Maybe it wasn't Kenny Galladay. No, I'm wrong. It's Julio he was at Jones. Seventeen or eighteen. Right. Yeah. Julio Jones at twenty-two million. Keenan Allen at twenty. You know, a little over twenty. He's going to look at those names and certainly want to be north of that, and and of course deserves that. But man, Green Bay, like even with the new Rodgers contract and all that, they're still in you know a tough salary cap situation here, and. 
you know, what I was going to say before is like Devontae Adams has already made a lot of money. So him with the threat of sitting out, I do think is a little bit more viable. He's not desperate. He's got money in the bank here. And of course, deserves the respect from an organization where he's been one of the best players in the league at his position. And certainly, you know, one of the best players on that team. DeAndre Hopkins is the highest paid receiver at a new money average of 27.25 million. More on that in a second. 22 million is Julio Jones. Yeah. That seems destined to end at some point right. sooner rather than later. Devontae Adams technically is third at 20.145 million. That's the value of his one year franchise tender. The thing to keep in mind, and the DeAndre Hopkins contract is a great example. When a guy's got an existing deal and you give him an extension, there's a way to crunch the numbers that can make the numbers look a lot better than they really are. And that's why agents love the new money analysis. Anytime you do the new money analysis on an extension, the deal looks better than it does. And the reality is there is no such thing as an extension. If a guy's got two years left under contract and signs a three-year extension, it's not, well, the current contract remains in place for two years and then the extension begins. They rip up the final two years. They do a brand-new five-year contract with a signing bonus with guaranteed salaries at the outset and everything. It's a brand-new contract that replaces the old one. But by focusing on the value of the new contract minus the value of the old contract, it makes it look better. So it's really not a $27.25 million right, deal right. that DeAndre Hopkins signed. And I say all that because... It complicates things yes, it does. when you've got a guy who has no contract at all. Right. Because for Devontae Adams, the new money and the old money are going to be the same. If he wants $25 million a year, it's a real $25 million a year. It's right. not some puffed-up number right. courtesy of a low salary this year and next year that gets superseded by a new contract, and the new money average is so much higher. The new money and the old money are going to be the same. And it's going to be real money for the Green Bay Packers if he's looking at something like 23, 24, 25 million a year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yes, it, it seems that way. And you're right. I mean, the Hopkins thing, it, it certainly puts a wrench in the situation. No question. And, of course, he's going to look at that and go, well, I've outperformed DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins the last two or three years. There's no question. So, yes, he's going to want something up in that range, definitely. And let alone, you know, like we've talked about before, He's going to look at Aaron Rodgers and go, man, Aaron Rodgers, the man, I know that he's a man, but is he he's twice as good as me? You're going to pay him, you know, more than twice the amount of money. Uh, how much is the Rodgers contract and everything there going to affect all of this? I mean, yeah, they got issues there in Green Bay that they got to figure out. And, uh, yeah, they don't want to let this fester too long and make this ugly to where now they're, we've, uh, we finally got the Rodgers situation under control and that dysfunction and now we're dealing with Devontae Adams going into the training camp. Geez, I hope Green Bay can avoid that for that sake, for their sake. And remember, two points. First of all, Aaron Rodgers still has not signed his new contract, and the Packers desperately need him to do it by Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern when his $46.66 million cap charge hits the books. And secondly... Now that Tom Brady's coming back, he can retire and not be overshadowed by Tom Brady at the <laughs> Hall of Fame retirement ceremony. Uh, right? I mean, right? He gets to overshadow Ben Roethlisberger. Big the guy Ben beating Super Bowl forty-five. Oh, Big Ben was um, so happy yesterday. He was he was cheering. <laughs> he popped open a beer probably and was like, "Man, this is awesome! I'm back to the lead guy in the Hall of Fame class." <laughs> hey, but but in all seriousness, Tom Brady six days after retiring made it clear. 
that something was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's only been six days since Aaron Rodgers said he's coming back to the Packers. Until he signs that new contract, folks. We've seen, like, crazier stuff has happened this week than, than Aaron Rodgers saying, I've changed my mind. I, I And I'm not saying that I've heard anything say... But until he signs that contract, and now you throw this Devontae Adams wrinkle onto it, and Tom Brady's coming back, and I, I, and again, I don't, I don't know where Rodgers would even go at this point, because his best option in Denver is now gone. Although the Steelers are still, I mean, Steelers and Colts would the, be the only ones you'd look at have, that are legit options. Do we have but... uh, the uh, Mike Tomlin, Aaron Rodgers, googly eyes thing? Uh, it's it, it it may be coming, but yeah, I. I just, if we've learned nothing else since Tom Brady retired all those 42 days ago, anything can change. Many things will change. This is the NFL, and it frustrates people. It fascinates people. It's the reality. Nothing is final until it's final. Nothing is done until it's done. And for Aaron Rodgers and his new contract with the Packers, it is not in place until it's in place. Maybe that's why. Maybe he just wasn't being a petty goofball last Tuesday when he tweeted, nothing has been signed. Maybe there's a message in there. Maybe there is. I don't know. I don't know. But we're 48 hours away. Well, not quite 48. A little more. They they know who we mean. We're two days away from when they have to get cap relief for Aaron Rodgers, either by trading him or by signing him to a new contract that knocks down his $46.66 million cap number. I still think he's going to do it. My point is, haven't we seen enough since last Monday, starting with Calvin Ridley being suspended for a year? Haven't we seen enough to know that crazy stuff happens? So let's just be ready for crazy at any given moment. Yeah, I, I, listen. I know you'd love for that to happen, and it'd be crazy. That that one is you know, it's it's nice in theory, but I don't think that one's going to happen. I think he's uh, I think he's yeah. staying. All I'm saying yeah. is just just be advised. But Green Bay, yeah, they got they got some things to you know fight through here. They certainly you know got some some guys on their roster and some players that are still in flux because of their their salary cap situation. And let's see where it goes, really. I mean, I just, I'm interested to see how much of this team they can keep together here. I am. Again, it's still, we know, one of the best teams in the NFC, but a team we look at to go, I think they need another player on both sides of the ball that's a real weapon, like a different guy, somebody that can really make plays and do that, like the 49ers have, like the Rams have, those type of football players. And Green Bay, in my opinion, has lacked that. And that's why they've kind of stumbled when it comes time for prime time to get to the Super Bowl. And now I have a hard time thinking they're going to be able to add that with their current situation. So that's where it's going to be kind of interesting and intriguing to evaluate this whole free agency through Green Bay's uh, eyes. Let's take a break. When we return, another NFC team making moves at receiver. One is out. One is staying We'll get you up to speed on what's happening with the Cowboys' pass-catching core when PFT Live continues right after this. Amari Cooper out. Michael Gallup staying. The Cowboys put the word out a week and a half ago that they would likely be cutting Amari Cooper. That was the invitation to try to trade for Amari Cooper, and they did trade for Amari Cooper. He goes to the Cleveland Browns for... A 2022 fifth round and sixth round pick with a sixth round pick going back 
It's a flip flop or a fifth round pick. I don't know. It's a low level. But look, it's low round because the Browns are taking on $20 million obligation for 2022. That's how it works. The, the Cowboys got less for Cooper than they would have because the Browns are going to have to pay him $20 million. And I won't be surprised if the Browns go to him now, Chris, and try to take that $20 million, rework it, reduce his cap hit, do whatever. But, uh, hey, they found a taker. They found a buyer. It's a lot to pay for a veteran receiver, especially with so many great receivers coming out in the draft every year, but the Browns were willing to do it. And now they get somebody to fill the void that was created when Odell Beckham Jr. was released. And on top of that, Jarvis Landry's been given permission to seek a trade and uh, he'll probably end up with the Rams too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think this is just I mean, the Browns. I don't think this takes them out of the draft as far as receiver. They need more than one guy. That's for sure. So I think that's the start of it. And you know, it's something you said all the time, it's a proven commodity. You know what you're going to get from Amari Cooper. So that's probably where they saw the value too. And Amari Cooper, you know, yes, health has been a little bit of an issue, but he's got a special skill set still. I and mean, we've seen that when he is healthy. He's arguably one of the best route runners in football. He's extremely quick at the line of scrimmage. He can beat you just with pure speed going deep down the field. He can catch shorter passes and make big plays happen after the catch. You know, he'll be able to run some of the, you know, more intricate intermediate routes you know so that's where he's rare he's a really well-rounded receiver and I'm sure that's where you know Cleveland looked at him Stefanski probably looked at it and said wait this is a guy that's you know can be my Adam Thielen or you know let's say a poor man's Justin Jefferson within my offense right that's where I think they look at it and I think it was a solid move for a team that had really a, a desperate need at the position, and they were comfortable with, you know, taking on the salary, obviously, for, for the talent they were going to get. And, you know, the point that we made last week talking about Amari Cooper, and I wrote about this after the trade went down, the Cowboys end up paying the guy $53.9 million for three years. Yeah. They give up the first-round pick that could have been A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, or Debo Samuel also could have been in Keel Harry. Four years, $11.4 million, plus the opportunity for a fifth-year option. But this is the philosophical question do you pay for the proven commodity do you roll the dice on the unproven commodity at a time when more and more of the unproven commodities at the receiver position are panning out yeah they are you're right that's the wrinkle here right. they're becoming like running backs where you can find guys who can come in and get it done at a high level how is that going to affect the willingness to pay a premium for a guy who's been doing it at the nfl at a high level for a while it's one of the things we said after the combine all these guys running four threes at the receiver position, that's not good for the veteran receivers. No, we've been but saying this. It ended up working out for Cooper. Right, yeah. I mean, I feel like we've been saying this the last year or two. We just haven't quite seen it happen. It does seem like there's just an influx of receivers every year, and I don't see any end to it. You, know, you watch college football, it's just there's, there's freaky receivers almost on every football team now, to your point, to where you feel like it's going to devalue the position a little bit here at some point. Uh, Cleveland, hey, they probably feel like, hey, we're just paying $20 million, okay, and so what? We gave a low-round pick for a guy that they look at and probably go, we think he can go to the Pro Bowl and change our team and make us a real threat in the AFC and you know get us over the top, let alone add another guy or two to the mix there. So I understand that. They had the money to play with. He fits their system. He's got talent. They know what he is. Hopefully he can stay healthy. But, yeah, you're right, Mike. It's It's a real thing you know, to look at here as we go forward, because it's about five or six difference makers every year in the NFL draft right now, at least at that position.
When we first spotted the trend a few years ago, someone explained to me, and it was one of those light bulb moments, that Eureka aha, with all the seven-on-seven camps that are happening all the time now, all the way down to middle school level, developing these quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks are developing, somebody's catching the passes. And that's one of the big reasons why there are so many great receivers because there's so much extra work, so much extra competition, so many extra opportunities for guys to run routes and catch passes from the quarterbacks that are being developed the guys who are running the routes and catching the passes are developing too. Yes, I think that's a it's a huge part of it. It's just it's the number one sport in our country. It's not even close. The kid who thought he was going to be a six four shooting guard, he goes, "Screw that! I'm going to play receiver. I'm not even going to mess with playing basketball. Six four ain't that freaky in any way for the sport of back basketball. So let me go be AJ Green or Julio Jones or Odell Beckham Jr. or whoever it may be. And then you add that to what you're talking about: high school football. You go to a high school football game all across the country. I mean, kids are the quarterback throws it forty times a game in high school game let alone the seven-on-seven like you're talking about, the camps they go to. Yes, it's uh, the quarterback-receiver combinations become special because of that. And, um, hey, they needed it. They definitely did. They do not have a guy that makes a defense focus on any one of their receivers. You get Amari Cooper, he will have some attention that gets given to him, take some pressure off that run game, certainly. And, hey, it was a good move by Dallas, too. They're good at the receiver, receiver position. They didn't need that much money at one position on their football team. The other side of it, too, you got guys who would have been great running backs who realized the running that back too. position DJ has been Moore, devalued. Debo I'm going to play Samuel. receiver instead. Right, right. Yeah. You're all, you're exactly. Jamar Chase. I mean, we, we, right? we talked about that a lot over the last two years, too. How many of these guys kind of look like a running back, but they play receiver because they, you know, 5'11", 205. Hey, the hell with playing running back and get my head knocked off. Get me out in space and I can go, go, go magic boosters up my butt. I got three of them and I'll run around everybody that way. That's the way to do it. On that it. happy note, yep. let's take a break. When we return, Tom Brady is back if you haven't heard. Our draft today is the most significant collateral damage to Brady deciding to come back. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. And you think Tom Brady's done officially? I don't know. I I'll know. never believe that. I know. I don't Something either. about that is right? weird to me. Right? Like, yes. I, I, I have a hard time feeling like we'll we'll have opening day happen next year and he's not going to be dressed up in a football helmet. Yeah. I just, it'd be weird for me to, to think that that's going to happen. I'm with you too. I'm not going to believe it until I Whatever see Whatever he wants is really what we should all want. Yeah. And yeah. so if he's at peace with his decision, then then God bless him. The NFL far more exciting when Tom Brady is back, and a lot of people believed he would be back. That was Josh McDaniels with Chris at the Scouting Combine. Brady said it himself six days after he retired. Never say never, and never say never, ever, ever say never when it comes to the NFL. All right, here's what we're going to say now. Draft of the most significant collateral damage resulting from the Tom Brady decision to come back. Basically, who gets hurt by this with Brady taking the spot in Tampa Bay as the starting quarterback. Chris, you're up. Well, um, I think the first one I'm going to go with is just the NFC South. I mean, that, I mean, the NFC South was kind of up for grabs a little bit. You know, we know Tampa is still, you know, the best team in the division, but you went, oh, well, there's no Brady. They might be throwing out Blaine Gabbard out there. Or, you know, their, their draft pick from Florida, who I'm blanking on his name, no disrespect. Sorry. I mean, Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask, thank you very much. To where you go, man, the door's open. We'll see what's going to happen. Oh, Brady's back. Oh, 
It's shut. Sorry. NFC South chance for 2022, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Screw off everybody else. That's your entrance oh. prize for the NFC South this year. <laughs> The odds went from plus 25 Tampa Bay to minus 250 at points that's bet with amazing. Brady coming back. Yeah, yeah. that's their division. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Deshaun Watson mm. because that was an incredibly viable spot for him to waltz right into a Super Bowl-ready team, into a division where the competition is not great. There was some suggestion that the Buccaneers were going to do it. I think that's one of the reasons why Tom Brady made the move when he did because he knew that – the ship was going to potentially sail literally on him going back to Tampa Bay pretty quickly if Deshaun Watson ends up as the quarterback there. And it just it removes from the table a very viable alternative and arguably the best option Watson would have had if the goal is to go somewhere and win right away. Yeah, uh, d- definitely, definitely does. I, I mean, you know, I think you and I, we both heard kind of the, the murmurs around NFL that that might be a possibility or something to look at. And yeah, it was intriguing. And it, you know, it's yes for a guy like Watson, I would think that would have been a team he'd be like, "What? They want to trade for me? Oh, I'm, you know, erase my no trade clause. I'm ready to go. I'll go there. What? A part of that team? Certainly." So you're right. That's some some big collateral damage uh, to 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 Deshaun Watson. Um, well, I guess the next one I'm going to go with is the guy that auctioned off the foot or bought the football. I think that <laughs> I got to take that one next. I mean, the guy bought a football for $518,000 and thought it was the last touchdown pass right he was ever going to throw. No, sorry, sir. You bought, hold on. Um, well, let's just estimate the 40th last, tu- the 40th last touchdown pass. I mean, he's somewhere in there, the 39th to last touchdown pass in the history of Tom Brady's career. I mean, that's what you bought for $518,000. You're screwed. Sorry. Does the ball acquire extra value given the whole the story? Hey, look, it was supposed to be his right. final pass. Yeah, probably not $518,000 worth. No. Sorry, guy. No. Sorry, guy. You're, you're going you're to have to rely on the rest of your. Sell your other Rolls Royce. Presumably <laughs> huge nest egg uh, <laughs> right. to make up for the, the loss right. there. And kudos to the person who sold the ball, recognizing that, hey, yeah, it's his last touchdown pass. Asterisk. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, damn it, damn it, damn it. I didn't think you'd go there. Why not? Why not? They're going to run the conference. It's All he's got to worry about is the Rams. And as long as you fatten up on the NFC North and your non-division schedule that includes all the teams of the NFC East and all the teams of the AFC East, not that that's going to be a cakewalk, the Rams have to come to you in January. Bring the Rams to us in January. We'll deal with the Rams in January. Uh, and now you got the Buccaneers. Uh, don't bring the Buccaneers to us in January. <laughs> don't bring right. anyone to us in January other than the Rams. Seriously. So, yeah, that, that makes the path back to the Super Bowl a little more difficult for Aaron Rodgers. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the more I think about it, I mean, that dramatically changes the circumstances for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I, it really could, does. Could he, could he retire? Could he just decide, <laughs> I'm retiring? Yeah. Tom Brady's back. I can't get away from this son of a. I'm I'm out. Yeah. No. Listen. I I, I wanted to take him the last round. I I don't know why I didn't think you would go there. Uh. But yes. I I thought of Rodgers right away. Rodgers probably looked at that yesterday. But oh my gosh. God. He's back. Damn it. Damn it. Can he's I just be the, the best number twelve in the league for one year? Can I do that, that for that one gift. year? Of him throwing the tablet. That's Aaron Rodgers yesterday when he found it. Oh, seriously. Seriously. He can't he can't avoid it and he's gonna have to hear about Brady again and Brady 
you know, looking good on this on a Super Bowl worthy football team. And the Bucks don't really seem to have nearly the salary cap issues the Packers have. So I, I'm not worried about them keeping their team as quite intact as as the Packers either, even though they got some juggling to do too. Um, my last one, I think, when you look at collateral damage, I go with quarterback records. That's the collateral damage. I mean, they're just going to continue to fall by the wayside. I mean, just even if he's won, everything's just going to look farther and farther down the path. I thought of Drew Brees and Peyton Manning yesterday because they were probably like, damn. I mean, he's just going to annihilate every record we have. Just they were probably like, gosh, would this guy freaking retire so I can look like we were at least comparable. Uh, So QB records, collateral damage gone because of Brady. You've already mentioned the NFC South generally. I'm going to specifically say Matt Rule, who's clearly on the hot seat. And now, (laughs) thanks, Tom. Thanks. In my make-or-break year, thanks for coming back and making it even harder for me to win enough football games to keep my job and make it harder to attract Deshaun Watson to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, That's a factor as well. Yeah, you're right. Let's take a break. We'll wrap things up on this Monday edition of PFT Live right after this. We spent so much time earlier talking about the Amari Cooper trade. We didn't give Michael Gallup his appropriate congratulations for a five-year, $62.5 million deal to stay in Dallas. Not bad for a guy who was limited to nine games in 2021 because of a torn ACL, Chris. Yeah, no, not bad. But I think it tells you, first off, what NFLs look at as an ACL tear now. There's not the fear anymore, right? They go, okay, maybe he's not 100% to start the year, but he won't take long. And Michael Gallup, hey, good job by Dallas. You know, getting a guy a little bit of a desperate situation, signing up to a long-term deal. He's an awesome number two wide receiver. He's a game-breaking type speed, and he pairs really well with that offense in C.D. Lamb. And the Cowboys get that deal done just before the start of free agency. And I know it technically doesn't begin until Wednesday. It starts at noon Eastern today. That's when the negotiating period opens, 52 hours. Agents for the players who are going to become free agents can talk to any team they want, and that can be very effective in getting deals done for guys to stay put or we'll start seeing as soon as 12.01 p.m. Eastern agreements in principle between free agents and new teams. And I think the first guy to watch, Chris, is J.C. Jackson. There's a buzz building. He's going to be a member of the Chargers. I bet by the time PFTPM starts today at 5 p.m. Eastern, we're going to hear that Jackson and the Chargers have done a deal. Uh, I, I would not be shocked. It would be, it's going to be that type of guy that we usually see go off the board first. Those two, three, four top-end players that people are desperate to get to change the narrative of their team and, of course, need the difference maker of their football team. J.C. Jackson's that. And Brandon Staley told us he needs DBs for his system. We will be following the moves all day long at ProFootballTalk.com. We'll be back at 5 Eastern for PFTPM. Have a great day. See ya.